0: Welcome to the My Fence Life bonus podcast series, Ask Me About My Day, where you can eavesdrop on phone conversations between Dan, industry leaders, and fencers from around the country to find out about their day. When
1: I started Fence King, I remember, man... um, It was phone books were the main way to advertise and to get into people's homes. And I remember we used to look at last year's phone book to see what maybe they were going to do this year. Okay, well, what can I do better than them to stand out? That was our marketing strategy. Hey, what's up, Fence Lifers, man? We got something a little different for you today. Um, It's just going to be me, good old Dan. I'm not calling anybody. I guess I'm calling myself. I don't know, bro. But uh, I, got, I got something that's kind of been on my mind, man. And, and you know, a lot of y'all uh, know I'm a big History Channel guy. So I was like, you know what? How, how can we use with some of these titans that help build our country? How can we use their mindset to, you know, forward our businesses? And one of the uh, one of the shows I liked the best was with uh, John D. Rockefeller and Andrew Carnegie. You know, it's kind of like John D. Rockefeller and Andrew Carnegie walking to a bar, right? So um, you know, History Channel's got some great shows. Food That Built America is a great one, man, about strategies and business and how to overcome. Um, there's other ones, the Cars that built America, the Titans that built America is one of my favorites. But uh Yeah, guys, I want to talk a little bit about that and parallel those guys' lives into our lives and how it could help us you know um you know these are my two favorite guys i mean these guys were ruthless they use business tactics that we can't use today but we can use them to trigger ourselves into in our minds into going hey let me think about things a little different but look before i start Rockefeller and carnegie you know these guys were indeed successful business guys, and they did a they did a lot of ruthlessness, and they came under a lot of criticism for their business tactics, their uh, monopolistic strategies. Okay, and you know of course you can't get away with that today in today's world, but it's it's good to look back on history, man, because. Personally, I feel like some of that's happening today in some of the uh, some of the industries. I mean, I look at the cell phone industry and I see how T-Mobile got where it was today because T-Mobile made a deal with with uh, AT and T, and AT and was saw to be, hey, you're you're creating a monopoly. So the government stepped in and said, you can't buy T-Mobile. Well, there was a clause in there that if AT and backed out. They had to pay T-Mobile a shitload of money. And guess what? Government made them back out. So AT&T had to pay T-Mobile all this money. Well, what did T-Mobile do with that money? They went ahead and uh, bought Sprint. And now that's how they climbed out of the hole that they were in. They were more of a West Coast company. <clears throat> Ask me how I know about that because it kind of screwed us on some contracts, man and by the time uh with my, with uh with my cell phone company so by the time all that bullshit went through we had built a tower just for T-Mobile and 4G came out and they didn't need a tower anymore so I got a tower sitting that we built never been used we're basically going to give it to the uh to the parish or the county so um yeah, a lot of people got screwed in that, but T-Mobile walked away with it because uh, the government thought AT&T was going to be having a, mon- uh, a monopoly, you know. So anyway, these guys were ruthless, man. Andrew Carnegie used to do stuff like make his guys work seven days a week, 12 hours a day in his steel mills. Man, the heat in there was just tremendous. It, w- it would have sent Ocean to a DEF CON 5 alert, you know. Um, and if they didn't keep up, you, know, you were fired. And this was going on during depression, so you were just happy to have a job, have income, have food on your table. You know, the Rockefeller, he colluded with, with the railroad, rail, rail, with the railroads to eliminate his competition in order to gain a, a monopoly in his in his industry. You know, and these guys were freaking successful, man. I did a little research on it, and Jeff Bezos... You know, he's worth $162 billion today. These guys, they both were three times richer than Jeff Bezos back in the early 20s. Insane. So both of these guys had the abilities to identify opportunities and manage their resources and build a tremendous company. And they also had amazing leadership skills and long-term vision. And... As, as entrepreneurs looking to thrive in that day's competitive market, they did it. And well, I think we can learn from that. So I said to myself, what can we learn from historical businesses' uh, success stories like Rockefeller and Carnegie? And how can we apply these lessons in our modern-day business? You know, um, the stories of Rockefeller and Carnegie, you know, they teach us that, strategic vision and calculated risk-taking is something that that needs to happen we need to take those risks um matt warner's real big on swinging for the fences man and and just because of him and swinging for the fences it has caused fence king to to take some calculated risk you know um and that's that's another thing that we did here at fence king you know i had a regular job when I started Fence King, they paid my bills. So when I started fencing, you know, I went to all the new home builders, and I undercut everyone and disrupted the entire market here on the North Shore. Was it good? No. But it was a strategic move and a vision, and it helped me. And I knew if I could just get started and if I could just get my signs on fences and all these new subdivisions, that when other homeowners would move in, they would call off of those signs, and then I could raise my prices to them, and eventually not work for those cheap ass builders. Which, by the way, I don't work for any builders anymore. I haven't worked for them for years. I won't work for them. You know. So I basically used all those builders to help build my business. And as entrepreneurs. You know we can learn different thought processes like this to achieve our ambitious goals and and to preserve, uh, persevere in the face of challenges. You know another question I said to myself as uh, I'm watching this show, you know how 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 can we in the fencing industry identify opportunities for growth and innovation? Like these guys did in their, in their businesses. I mean, these two guys were were incredible, man. They 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 were observers of, of market trends, and and they were they were tuned into their customers' demands before they were even demanding what they wanted. It's crazy. You know, they they consistently sought out opportunities to expand their enterprises, uh, recognizing the potential growth in, in various areas of their business, I mean, when you sit down and focus on your business long enough, you're going to see things that, hey, I can I can utilize, I can be strategic and, and make money with them. I mean, look, man, Mr. Fence, look what he's done with Mr. Fence. He went from a fence company to a fence academy to Mr. Fence Tools. I mean, talk about diversify, right? Um, you know, for example, you know, Rockefeller, he he noticed that there was an increasing demand for kerosene back in his day. So he capitalized on it um, by refining oil more efficiently. I mean, this guy was like, wait, I got to build this oil rig. I got to drill the oil. And once I drill the oil, then I got to refine it. He was like, let somebody else do all that. I'm just going to refine it. You know, and by him refining that oil more efficiently, it led to the creation of standard oil. You know, Carnegie saw the rising need for steel in, in the construction of, of the railway industries and invested heavily in steel to create Carnegie Steel and Corporation. So so what what needs do you see in our industry. Or maybe in a different industry. Do you see something you can capitalize on. That no one else is. You know. We need to think big. What what needs. Do you see the fence industry as a whole. Needs and no one is capitalizing on. Look at what, uh, what Matt Warner did. With, with my salesman. You know. Uh, I mean he saw a need. And he stuck his neck out and built the program. Spent a whole lot of money to build the software. You know, um, you know, over the past twenty-four years here at Fence King, we, you know, we've seen we've seen things that would that would set us apart, and we've capitalized on them. Some have failed, <laughs> shit. Some have succeeded, and some have become the standard in our region, and it's because. We did them first, and we used them to differentiate Fence King from the competition. And it's not big things, man, but it's just little things. You know, when I ride around and see other fences, and everybody in my region used to use a 4 by 6 post for all their gate posts, but they used two six by 6 posts on their double gates. So I was like, well, I'm gonna go ahead and use a six by on my gate now, on my single gate, just to be different. And that would be my spiel. Oh, you know what? We we also even use a a six by on our single gate. Oh really? Oh yeah, yeah. We, we we use six buys on all that. And I used it as a selling point. It wasn't a huge selling point, but it was a selling point. Guess what? Every single gate built in our region now has a six by on it. You know? Um just little things like that man that I saw that I could use as a selling points to Differentiate myself from from everybody else Um Everybody in my region was taking a two-by-four and they would dado blade and down the center of it So that way they could cap their fence and then they would run a little piece of, of like one by underneath that and uh I was like man, I got to do this different and tell you what it's a pretty crazy story on the way that i came up with the king the way i capped my fences a lady hired me and she said i'll give you the job if you can build the front of my fence exactly like my husband built this because he built this right here that you're looking at and he's no longer with us and every time i pull in my driveway i think about me bringing him a glass of iced tea while he was building this fence and it's a great memory and i want to Make it new again, but I don't want it to change. Well, that guy capped his fences the way I capped mine today. And now, fence companies all over my region do that same exact capping. And that was just a fluke. So, you know, we we looked for opportunities and and, and tried to identify different things to where we could be different. Just like... Carnegie and Rockefeller did you know I think one of my biggest ones and uh I'd have to give this to Pepper's mom Diana she sent me an article back in 2020 I think it was and I still have it in my office and it's the reason that Fence King was the first one to not only introduce this product to our market but also be the first to install a fence in a way that here we are three years later, three and a half years later, is changing the entire fencing industry. It was an article about a fence company in Florida. It was a mossy oak fence. And they were using these posts that could withstand tropical storm force winds. And I thought to myself, man, I can easily market this. Pepper's mom thought the same thing. That's why she sent me the article. I said, man, if I market this properly in my area, because, you know, we're constantly dealing with tropical storms and hurricanes, th- th- I-, I could do this. I can see it. I could envision it. So here we are four years later or whatever it is, and we're, we're installing Postmaster Post systems, and, we're dri- and we've are and we been driving them with drivers in People in our area nobody was driving post in our area back then. Now I see TikToks and everything of people all in all in my region. They're driving post. And it's got a lot to do with the the movement that's going on with this no dig movement. Um you know, as I'm watching this show, I'm like, man, how 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 can we use our resources wisely, like these guys did for 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 their business, for our businesses? And, you know, um, Rockefeller and Carnegie. They, I mean, they were masters of 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 managing their resources. You know, they implemented innovative practices and they 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 optimized their businesses. I mean, it was crazy to where. They were so efficient to where they reduced waste. So when they reduced waste, they made more money. You know, Rockefeller ended up with uh, Standard Oil, and he introduced this thing called vertical integration, where they controlled every aspect of the oil production process, from, from drilling to refining to distribution. And this allowed this guy to streamline his operations and increase his profits and manage resources more. So, you know, I look at, like, uh, my good buddy Shane Miller Light drinking Catton, right? Dan Wheel calls him uh, Make It Happen Catton. He's like, hey, we could start our own supply company, MWST, Midwest Fence Supply. And... Do the same thing like these guys did. Why don't we go ahead and have our hands in every aspect of what's going on? So that's what he's doing. And guess what? They're making money doing it, man. And in the same process, they're supplying the fence industry. So there's a lot of, of what we're seeing today that parallels with exactly what these guys did you know um carnegie's uh steve mills you know he found out about a process that was like 50 years old and he mastered it and it ended up minimizing his cost it ended up to where he was able to use more more of his raw materials he had less waste i, I mean look the fence king I stumbled across all these Facebook groups when I was searching for my salesman. I stumbled across them. I was introduced to people and processes I'd never seen before. We started implementing them after that first uh, expert standing seal free university that we went up to. And on the ride home, Dylan turned to me and said, man, we need to start building a better fence like what we just saw built at that university. I was like, "You're right, man. These guys are building things completely different. You know, we need to get on top of this." So we implemented it. it. Took us about a year before we completely turned our guys around and got them to where they were doing things the way we wanted. Because I'm a big believer in the, um, you know, put the uh, the frog in a in a pot of water, then turn it on and get it boiling, and he'll sit there and boil to death. Because uh it's such a slight change, and that's what we did with our guys. and my guys, we'll go back and look at pictures or videos and they'll be like, "Oh my God, I can't I forgot we used to do things that way. you know? Um, n- another thing that that I saw when I was watching this show was you know, these guys were able to ensure that they had long term, business growth growth and and sustainability. You know, Rockefeller and Carnegie, these guys were visionaries. They were always planning for the future, and they expanded their business into new markets, and they diversified, you know? And by diversifying their holdings, they they reduced risk. Like, for example, Rockefeller ventured into international markets and he ex- expanded standard Oil's product offerings beyond kerosene you know so it's kind of like us fence companies going ahead and saying hey we're going to offer more than just fence we're going to offer decks or we're going to offer stain and seal or whatever the case might be you know um, carnegie he diversified his steel empire to include bridges and railroads you know, he built the first bridge that, uh, I forget what the river was, man, but it, it went to New York, and he controlled that bridge. So if he didn't want something coming across that bridge, he blocked it off, said, "Up, oh, you're not using this bridge anymore, and he would choke out his competitors. So, you know, their forward-thinking approach ensured that their companies were, were well-positioned for, Long-term success, and that's a that's a big deal. I mean, that's that's what we've been trying to do here at Fence King for the past twenty-four years. You know, my guys, they'll tell you I'm known for always saying around the yard in the shop. We're building a business, not a checking account. As long as we do that, we'll always have a checking account, fellas. You know, I'm building a legacy. If you want to be a part of it, you, your kids, y'all want to. Take this ride with me. Well, let's give our customers more than a fence. Let's give them more than what they expect. So when we walk away, they're like, wow. So we're constantly just trying to ensure that our, our business is growing through the way we install fence, man. I know it sounds funny, but it works, you know. Um, another question that these guys had that you know I'm watching and I'm like man these guys they they they're always maintaining a competitive edge and it, every time you, they turned around it was always something new always something innovative you know and and to stay ahead of their competitors these guys they they prioritized innovation and customer satisfaction and they were constantly improving the product quality and not just the product quality but the production process and look man as I'm reading this and versing myself in it before I got on to tonight to talk to y'all because of course I have notes I was thinking you know And kudos to Sean, man, with uh, Mr. Fence. Because I see a lot of what he's done in the lives of these guys. I've seen a lot of what Matt Warner's done. I've seen a lot of what Zach Payton's done. I see a lot of the industry giants that we have. I see a lot of what they've done parallel with what these guys have done. You know, back in the 20s, Rockefeller was investing in research and development to, to create new products. And Carnegie was constantly seeking out new engineers to design better structures. And, you know, he was always focusing on expanding and exceeding the customer's expectations. And that's how he maintained a strong competitive edge. Um, you know, something as simple as organizing our trailers for example we took and uh put pipes all on the front we i mean we got everything all nice and organized and my guys pulled up the home depot the other day because they had to go pick up some self-tapping screws we were out at the yard and the salesman at home depot sends me a picture of my truck and said man this is what i want pulling up to my house when somebody does my fence that's a competitive edge you know, um, another thing was Defense King did was we started offering postmasters and pounding posts and we offered a lifetime workmanship warranty and experts staying in steel. You know, we're always trying to stay ahead of the curve and, and differentiate ourselves from our competition. Um, you know, these guys really got me thinking, man, and I don't know if. I don't know if this is going a little overboard or, or what, but, you know, I mean, I usually I got Pepper in the room or somebody's in the kitchen or something's going on. But when I watched this show, I think I was home by myself. And I really was able to concentrate on what these guys did. So maybe that's why it, it spoke to me so much, you know. Um, you know, another thing I said to myself, you know, how – How can we use modern ways of advertising to reach more people like these guys did? I mean, fellas, (laughs) all these guys had were like the newspaper, you know? But these guys were pioneers in using the media of their time. Rockefeller used newspapers and other ways to tell people about his company. Carnegie, he used public relations and charity. He was was a a philanthropist. Did I say that right? But you know, to show their companies in good light, which is things that we do today. How many times do we see guys that are out there and they're working for? Uh, man, I see it all the time. Habitat for Humanity, or some type of uh, some type of um, charity in their area, putting up a fence. Or look here, we <laughs> Sean again. Sean, hey, we're gonna put a fence up for this veteran. And he gets a bunch of fence companies come out, they put a fence up for a veteran, and uh, at the same time does some training. You know, you put your company in that light, it's going to shine bright, you know. Today, we can use digital marketing, social media, internet to reach more people and talk about our fence building businesses. It's a whole lot easier for us, it really is. When I started Fence King, I remember, man, um, it was phone books were the main way to advertise and to get into people's homes. And I remember we used to look at last year's phone book to see what maybe they were going to do this year. Okay, well, what can I do better than them to stand out? That was our marketing strategy. I mean, you guys remember the phone book days. That's going back a couple decades. You know, I was... um, I was going to put out these 18 by 24 signs around town in medians and telephone poles, wherever I could get one. Now, remember, this was 1999, and you could get away with those kind of things. Today, you can't. People take a picture of your sign in a median and blast you all over Facebook and how you're littering. But I could get away with this 24 years ago. And uh, my uh, wife, number two, said, Hey, less is more. And uh, I think besides, you know, my kids, that was one of the only good things that came out of that marriage. And uh, that phrase was just put "need a fence" and your phone number. So, well, 24 years ago, came up with need a fence, put it on a sign with my phone number under it, and and that's what built fence came. And then by making it smaller just saying, need offense of my phone number, I was able to get more signs made because now my signs are only 12 by 18 instead of 18 by 24, so I doubled my signage. You know? I cut the cost of my advertising. Um, so that's that's it, man. I mean, that's just some of the things that was on my mind about watching this show and how we could... Utilize what these guys did and 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 how they were Or have become historical business success stories you know and How we can be innovative like these guys were and how we can utilize our resources wisely and market and ensure that we have long-term business growth Um, You know a funny story comes to me about I worked for a uh, plumbing company, and we were doing some service work. And one day I opened a mail, and we had all those little labels, those uh, return labels that you put on an envelope when you mail. I called the company up. I was like, man, I got an idea. So I called them up to find how much they were. They were like basically nothing. So we ended up giving those to all of our crews that were working and they were putting them on all the water heaters when the guys would go set fixtures they would put them on the p-traps they would put them on the breaker box outside for the water heater they would put them everywhere under the kitchen sink laundry room on the on the uh, washing machine box and because we did that the people that we built the house for when they moved and the next homeowner moved in boom, they had that label and we completely or I completely built a whole nother arm of that plumbing business and started a service business for them because of mailing labels that came in the mail for free and I looked at and was like, man, we can use this. So guys, think out of the box. Do whatever you can to make you different. Do whatever you can to stay ahead of the curve Just always be thinking what can i do to make my company different what can i do to show the value of my company so anyway guys i wanted to share that with you i hope you enjoyed it and hey guys y'all keep on fencing
0: you've been listening to my fence life yes we like to have fun